Hello, Riley. How you doing? Hey, Clark. How are you? <laughs> Good. Happy 422. Yes, of course. Yeah. I did not partake in any uh, any events today. Yeah, no. I I drank kombucha, which is about the most stoner there you thing you well, can do apart from drinking or from smoking weed. Yeah, well, that's <clears> enough. <throat> I don't know. I, I bet you could smoke a SCOBY, right? <laughs> Smoking SCOBYs. I'm, I'm going to copyright that. You cannot have that band name. It's mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh god no that's the last thing we need that's another like string cheese incident oh no <laughs> no <sighs> so for those of you just tuning in yeah you're listening to into the echo this is a show where my friend riley and i talk about the albums that changed our lives and usually we drink a little bit too um which is why we're already kind of laughy yeah uh, what do you what do you have tonight clark what's what's on tap <laughs> oh man what what don't i have um no i have <laughs> the angry orchard green apple outside i see oh no <laughs> no you're oh, better man. than this clark i know you're better but, than this but i went to the bodega and the doors were closed so i had to order through this little window and uh there's <laughs> there's kind of a language barrier so the first time he brought me mike's hard <laughs> and i'm like no 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 <clears throat> the one with apples so he brought this back and i'm like i'm like okay man <laughs> So I'll we'll just leave it there. Yeah, this That's is me cutting enough. my losses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How about you? What are you sipping on? Uh, I got a little local uh, local brew here. It's uh, cream ale from Boise Brewing. Um, a red cream ale, which I've never had before. But red cream ale, really good. Uh, what color is it? Cre- it is. It is in fact a very amber color. Uh, it's kind of red, you know. In fact. Whoa. Um, <laughs> well, man. Usually not a huge cream ale fan, but uh, this one's pretty good. Yeah, there's there's a cream ale in Montana that I I miss so bad. We'll have to drink it when I get back there. <clears throat> anyway, we should probably uh, talk about the album. Oh yeah, about this yeah, what, yeah. What album are we doing here? Uh, we're doing uh, Stairway to Heaven all night, right? Nah, this week we're talking about Deftones Diamond Eyes. So this, um, I was actually just looking before we started here, um, I was looking at my, my iTunes, um, just out of curiosity, seeing how much I've listened to this album, because this is a very familiar album to me personally. Um, and every song on here has, I was kind of going through every song on here has at least, at least 75 plays, if not, if not more, some of them are, are in like the 130, 150 range. So I've I've had some experience with this one. Um, I I'm sure there are some of you that are smirking that have 500 plays on your favorite songs, but this is pretty pretty big for for my collection. So um, yeah, I this is a great one for us to tackle. I think I'm excited about it because I know that I've had a lot of experience with it. I know I've listened to this album with you before. Oh um, yeah, this album took me right back to when we would be um, cooking sourdough and playing video games. Oh yeah, so, yeah. Definitely brings me back a couple of years, and I've come back with it several times too because there's so many times where it's an appropriate um, album for how I'm feeling. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's. I think I messaged you recently saying that I was counting money to this album at work. Yeah, you were. Like, <laughs> yeah, because I, I got all my money from my servers and my retailers, and I was counting up for the deposit at night. And I put this album on, and I'm like, this is actually perfect music for mm-hmm. just like counting money. It, yeah, <laughs> that's it a very takes, specific thing, but yeah, no, it it kind of takes you elsewhere. It kind of takes your mind off of what you're doing currently, and and I count money for a living, and it's it's fairly mindless. So. <laughs> I, yeah. I understand the need for distraction on that. So speaking of distraction, before we get too far, mm-hmm. um, I, you sent me this really good article that we'll link in show notes where it talks about, um, it's Chino Marino, and it's uh, he's talking with, who is that, Vice? Yes. Yeah, and he talks about uh, how this album came to be, and he tells this um, kind of really pretty but sad story about the passing of um, their original bassist. His name is Chi, right? Chi? Yeah, Chi Chang. Yep. Chi Chang, yeah. And how he passed and um when all the band members finally kind of like got in the same place and were able to kind of like start talking about it and stuff, at a certain point in the night, uh people just like one after the other, the band members just kind of started wandering back to their instruments and just kind of started playing and it was the nebulous, the beginning of this album. And it was after like a really tumultuous time for the band, a really kind of ugly time for the Deftones. Yeah, so I, their album before this one um, uh, came out in, let's see here, 2006. Um, it was called Saturday Night Wrist. And uh, a couple of interviews that I've read with Chino about that album, he hates it. Uh, I think it, all the band members hate it. It was, they were kind of burnt out on each other at that point. They were making music just in spite of each other, I think. Yeah, and he mentions in the vice article that there's a couple songs where he talks about how he hates the band, yeah. but he actually records these songs on the album. Well, yeah, exactly. The first track on that song, one of the, one of the lyrics talks about, um, I hate all of my friends. They have no taste. He's not being, it's not a metaphor for something. He hates all of his friends and they have no taste in music compared to him because they don't want to record the same kind of stuff he does. Uh, And that's, that's kind of was the root of that problem. And obviously the, the four year gap between Saturday Night Wrist and Diamond Eyes reflects um, the time that they took to see if they were going to thrive as a band um, and also to allow Chi time to recover they started recording a new album in 2008, um, and some of the songs were mm-hmm. what kind of ended up on Diamond Eyes. Not really, not not exactly like they didn't have anything pre-recorded that they released on Diamond Eyes, but um, they were recording an album, kind of working on one with Chi um, in 2008 called Eros, um, and then Chi had his car accident, uh, which put him into a coma. For those of you that don't know, Chi Chang was the basis for Deftones forever, and then he got in a car accident, went into a coma, and never fully recovered, um, and passed away in um, 2000, it was either 2012 or 2013. Yeah, so so in 2010, like, he was still alive at this point, but he was certainly not yeah. <laughs> in, in any working order. He was in no way able to play. And uh, for those who are kind of new to the Deftones, or this is kind of the first you've heard of the Deftones, the bass is an incredibly important instrument in their songs. Like, they're only, 
generally three or four guitars on any given track, but the bass does a very good job of driving a lot of the melodies, oh, yeah. of adding like the chug, chug, chug effect to any song, where um, the guitars, of course, are important. Like the, the main rhythm guitar and the solo guitar are very important, but she's influence on the sound it's always been a pretty major component. So he's not just an easy person to replace. He was a major part of the band. He was very good friends with Chino. So it's not like they just lost a, a touring buddy. Like they lost like a very important member of the band. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that was that was the genesis for this whole Diamond Eyes album is, is like you said, when they came back together to talk about Chi, they kind of started recording this album. Um, and... It also, for those for those fresh to the Deftones, um, they've you've probably heard of them. I, I don't know. They're they're a name that's been around. Um, they're kind of attached to the annoying new metal genre. The new metal. Yeah. Nobody nobody likes that tag. Even people that want to be that genre don't like that. Um, just because it has such a such a contrived connotation that comes with it. Uh, it's funny in that a couple of interviews that I've read um, with Chino, they always, uh, Chino's a very, um, he's, he kind of is the front man for the whole thing. And he's a very public person about, about a lot of this stuff. And um, he was talking about the, how he feels about that label and how he feels about being included with other bands like Corn and Limp Bizkit and the, the things that we look back oh, on. He admires them too. Oh yeah, he does. He does for sure because they they took what he was doing, what they were doing in you know in Southern California in the early '90s that nobody else was doing on like their their album called Adrenaline. That was their first album, and they kind of, mm. I mean. I would probably have a few enemies if I said that they invented the genre, but they did. So I'm going to say it. <laughs> um, so acts like acts like Limp Biscuit and Corn and stuff that stuff that I don't like. I mean, personally, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of. Um, they took this sound, this kind of rap, rocky, new metal-y sound, and made it popular. Um, and he commends them for that uh, because I think that he knows that that's not what they're trying to do. That's what they were doing at the beginning, but they've changed. And if you'll notice, they've persisted through time because of that. I think, um, I mean, here we are 21 years after their first album was released and they are still doing just fine because they just released a new album. It's called Gore. It's amazing. Um, but we are not talking about that one. We're going to talk about Diamond Eyes no. today because we're both familiar yeah. with this one. It's a very important, influential album in in Diamond in um, Deftones history. Um, it was kind of a turning point for them, I think, because they were either going to fizzle out after Saturday Night Wrist or they were going to come back with something like Diamond Eyes, and I think they nailed it with this one. So in my mind, this is a little bit of, of reconciliation. It's an album of healing. Yeah. And whether or not the al- the lyrics actually reflect that, that's kind of how it is in my mind, where it's like this was a turning point where they said that the music and the things that we're making, uh, right now, this is what's more important. This is what's important is is getting through this together with the music. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's why we see part of the some of the themes that we see where it is very um, like astral, like we see a lot of themes revolving around yeah. space. A lot of good. I'm glad you, I'm glad you thought of that word too, because that's, that's what I have written down for the first song. In fact. Yeah. So the first song is diamond eyes. Uh, it's the 
the title track and it's the first one that's that's not a move you see very often is starting with the title track no um, i mean you used to see that back in the 70s 80s you know just back when they were trying to sell records just by getting the first song where you're like oh i know that song i'll buy that record mm-hmm. but uh <laughs> nowadays no they usually bury it at seven or eight yeah so uh diamond eyes starts off really intense yeah. right off the bat oh, yeah. within get, the first uh, 10 seconds you're bombarded with that traditional deftones sound just the they tease a little bit they tease a little bit in the first few seconds where they kind of give this weird just soundscape build up yeah. where you're like hold up and then the guitars come in it's just like oh okay yeah absolutely and not until the first chorus um do you get like that great chino sound that he has the you know the very crisp clear falsetto almost sound of his voice that's i mean that's that's quintessential Deftones. That's what you want to hear on a Deftones album is Chino's voice doing that and screaming probably at some point. Because let's be honest, everyone everyone loves the Deftones for some screams. Yeah, and I've marked down a couple distinctions too, and, and I'll kind of talk about this in other songs, but there is a distinction between yelling versus screaming mm-hmm. versus singing. Uh, but you can, for the most part, understand just about everything Chino sings. Uh, and everything that he yells, but there are a few times where he's screaming, where he does go into that shrill, yeah. higher mode, oh, yeah. uh, where you you really don't know what's happening, yeah. which is why we have the book. Exactly. Yeah. So, so let's talk a little bit about the lyrics of of Diamond Eyes and what it starts off with and how it sets the tone. So there's no way there's no way around it. This is an incredibly sexy album. Like it is, it is about sex through and through. Um, and that's why I think it's fantastic because it tackles a lot of things that people don't normally like to be confronted with. Um, and the first, I mean, come on, the first line of this is to the edge till we all get off. I mean, I will take you with me once and for all. Oh, there yeah. is no oh, other yeah. way to interpret that. I mean, there probably is, but come on, that's, he's saying no. something about what the rest of this album is going to be like. And you know, it's, it, it's dangerous to do something like that, I think, as, a, as an artist. I think it's dangerous to do something that transparent and and make it this sexual right away. But mm-hmm. I think that they do it well. I think it's not, it's not like trashy or gimmicky at all. It's just exploring some very, some, some very uh, deep, I don't know, it's, it's probing us for, for, to, to help us think about these kind of things that we don't normally do, you know. Especially um, when he says, to the edge, till we all get off, I will take you away with me once and for all. Um, like the first three lines of that, like I said, that that's more in the yelling category where he yells, to the edge, till we all get off, yeah. I'll take you away with me. And then he slips into more singing mode where he gets into the pre-chorus where he says, time will see us realign, diamonds rain across the sky, shower me into the same realm. Yeah. Where he does get more into the other theme of the album, which is... Um, n- not only like the love making itself, but the way that it transports them away from things oh, and yeah. it brings them to a different place. Yeah, and I, yeah, exactly. And I like that word that you used, astral. It's very, it's yeah, very star yeah. based. Um, there are a couple. Yeah, and you'll see diamonds rain across the sky. You'll see stars. You'll see all these references over and over and over in the album. It's just nice to see people that are able to like Muse is another band that's very good at this. Very good at bringing in the uh, the astral elements. 
Um, oh, very so you good can make on their it. music. And they do it with a lot more effects pedals, whereas uh, Deftones uses a lot more Deftones lyrics. is just raw. They're, they're a good yeah. raw metal sound, which you're either going to love or hate, but they do it well. Um, and this song, like, Diamond Eyes is, is fantastic for an opener on this album because it kind of reminds you, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm listening to a Deftones album right now. This is what it's going to sound like. Because even, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, if you're, if you're hankering for good Chino screams, you're going to get them right around like a minute and 40 seconds into the song. There's going to be a, just a nice little breakdown where Chino just screams his head off for a little bit. So uh, there is one thing in this track when it gets to, I believe it's the third verse, uh-huh. uh, where the verse says, when the coffin shakes, when the needle breaks, um, I will come right away. It, what? Where is this going? Yeah. Where, where did that come from? With the coffin shake and the needle break? Like it, That kind of made me think, I'm like, okay, wait, is this song, has this been about drugs? Has this been about addiction this whole time? And I never really picked up on it because I know that Chino has struggled a bit with addiction. So what do you think that plays? Like, how does that come in? I, yeah, I'm not sure what to make about the needle breaking. I mean, it's like that conjures such an image as far as drug use goes, but. So what if we're overthinking this and they're just talking about a record needle? They could be, they absolutely could be. And that's one of the, that's one, like I said, it's one of the great things about music is that you can interpret it in so many different ways. But I just, they're not a very, they're not a drug reference heavy band at all. Um, hmm. So I'm not sure, I'm not sure what that, what that's getting at. Because needles, you'll see later in the album, he references guns, razors, and knives. I mean, he's, this is a visceral album for sure. So I think it might just be a, a visceral reference. And I'm okay with that um, because honestly, because they are talking about yeah. raw emotions. Oh, that's great. That's what we, that's yeah, what we needed. Yeah. That's what we needed from the Deftones was something like this to remind us who they are. And speaking mm-hmm. of which, the outro of this song. Oh, I have it labeled as like the finale. Yeah. Yeah. The finale. Yeah. Not even an outro. <laughs> I, after his he after Chino sings his last lyric, this song just kind of breaks down into just really heavy guitar from. Um, it's like I, sorry, I'm listening to it right now as we talk, so I, I'm trying to just figure out how to describe it. But Stephen Carpenter's their guitarist, and he just kind of this is his sound right at the end of the song. He really likes these heavy chords, and just repetitive sort of driving force of the guitar and it's so he's so good at it at the end of this it's kind of sets the pace for the the next few songs and i'm not any kind of professional musician but it certainly feels like he's entering either a new time signature or he's trying a new bpm because it goes from like it seems like kind of a standard four four time to like and it feels way different and in fact the first time i listened to it i thought it was just onto a new song i thought it was a brand new song so when um number two royal came on i'm like wow that what what happened we just got to a new song and now we're already at a different new song speaking of royal i this is one i really want to talk about um this is one of my favorites on the album um because we have more 
more kind of astro references here. Um, it's but this is more of a traditional Deftones sound. This is like old school Deftones sounding, like uh, their self-titled album. That kind of harkens back, which to is that. to say that it's a bit more wandering. Exactly, and we see that even in the bridge. Not not to jump too far. No, ahead, go ahead. There's there are like three different bridges, and there's a guitar solo. There's certainly the drummer takes his take for a while, but it doesn't feel nearly as tight of a package as Diamond Eyes. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And in the middle of the song, you get a nice um, get a nice interplay between him singing in his like his really soft like falsetto voice and then he also sings it sounds like a conversation almost it sounds really good I mean, dissonance doesn't always work for the Deftones, but in this case, it does for sure. Um, I th- oh, it's used very well. I think yeah. this, this song is just discordant enough to to kind of pique your interest. Um, and this is and I, I think the discourse works because everybody is on the same level of discourse, and you'll notice it too that the drummer completely changes up his style, and every time things get crazy. Um, he just starts wailing on symbols. Yeah, he really yeah. does. Oh yeah, he, those symbols. He's had to replace those symbols in the middle of that song because he's he's denting that shit up. Wait, seriously? Fat, no, I'm just kidding. I'm I'm assuming <laughs> <laughs> because he's he's letting that shit have it though. I mean, it's like it, he that's what he does. That's what he especially right before the right before my favorite part of this song. He kind of breaks it down on the drums for a little bit right around two and a half minutes in. It's a really nice, really nice mix of like heavy guitar and drums, and it's right before Chino's absolutely wonderful spine-chilling yelling sequence. Oh, the scream at the it end of Royal! It is so good. It is so good. Anybody that's listening right now, if you've ever wanted to hear somebody scream, this is mm-hmm. this is second mm-hmm. only. This scream at the end of the song is second only to Maynard James Keenan's scream at the end of Tool's song "The Grudge." If you've never listened to that song, it's the most impressive scream I've ever heard. But this one, it will it will make you feel things. Whether or not you like screaming music, this will do it to you. Yeah, and it is a great lead into the next track. I don't know if you're ready for this, but <laughs> what command control? Yes. Yeah, I think I'm. I, ready. I think I'm ready. Clark and I were discussing this song before we started recording, <laughs> um, just a little, and we were discussing it because my only note on this song is "Ask Clark?" Question <laughs> mark. And my last note on this song. It's just this this word I believe Riley's about to say. I don't know. We didn't we didn't actually get specific, but I just have. Are, are you ready? It's a barbaracking question mark. It's what is it's it? It's not. It's uh. It's barbaric King Kong. But but bar barbaric King. Oh, it's yeah. it's barbaric comma King Kong. 
Mm. I mean, in, in, for for our listeners, uh, we're talking about a lyric later on in this song, um, and the lyric is "Bitch, you're barbaric, comma King Kong, comma get some." If that tells you anything about the feeling of this song, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. I I like the song. I really like this song. I don't <laughs> like it because of the lyrics because I have no fucking clue. I would like to say it's political just just because it would it would be nice to see the Deftones say something political because I think they have a lot of power that way. But I think it's probably, I mean, judging by the, it would be the only political song on this album if it was. Um, I guess lyrically, in, in my mind, it's like the push and shove of an abusive relationship yeah. where it goes from blaming one person to taking the blame to feeling like it's all your fault, but then like realizing that you're the victim, but at the same time you feel like maybe you're the one that's causing them harm. In my mind, it's kind of the back and forth of abusive relationships, uh, whereas he is mainly the abuser or perhaps halfway through he switches from the role of the victim to the abuser so that's kind of how i took it because it talks about i take command just because i can yeah and see i was i was interpreting that as like a political leader where he's saying you know you see no one cares it's how you wear it not what it says i mean that's that's to me that's a political thing like in the in today's in today's age it's how you're presenting yourself not what you're trying to say that matters because people will interpret you based on what you look like and what your you know what your appearance is rather than what you're trying to say i guess i took that from a completely different angle because i was still thinking in in like a victim relationship where it says um i'm thinking more in the sense of like scrapes bruises black eyes stuff like that where it's like people see it and they make their assumptions about you and your relationship and how healthy it is but if you wear it correctly then it's like oh no yeah these these bruises on my neck that's just because like i'm into that and i love to take control and i love to be controlled so like in my mind it's this is a very kinky song this is more like this is yeah in my mind this is way more bdsm than it is political i can't i mean Uh, that that makes more sense to me that, that yeah, where it's like you're, you're wearing these bruises and stuff like that, and people are like, oh, oh, she probably gets beat, and it's like, nah, but she sure likes being choked, <laughs> you know, or, or he, yeah. you know, where it's like, no, it's about how you wear it, not about what people say about it. Huh, that does make a lot more sense. And then that, <laughs> then the bitch, you're barbaric, King Kong. Oh yeah, line makes a lot more sense. Oh yeah. Where it's it's so like they are both just... very mean to each other, but they are both okay with that. I like to see and... you wear it. Why can't I stare? Yeah, that's yeah. okay. I think I think you I think you bested me on this one. That's why. That is, see, that is exactly why I have the only note on this is ask Clark question mark. There you go. Turns out uh, it's kink. It's kinky. Because there I you knew go. You would have the answer. <laughs> Yeah, because I'm just thinking, I'm like, man, this sounds so much like some relationships I've heard from friends that are just like, they're like, oh, I feel like you can't talk to anybody about this because they think that I'm, you know, in an abusive relationship, but I like it. And I'm like, oh. Oh, um, interesting. I'm, I'm glad you feel comfortable telling me, yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah, thanks. But for... should I call the cops? <laughs> yeah, yeah just, just blink three times if I should call the cops. 
exactly. Like, it's like, I'll do it if this is a cry for help, but... <laughs> um <laughs> but if you're saying you like it like okay <laughs> that's fine the and then i just wanted to say one thing about this song musically is that okay it, it's kind of your first throwback to like the rap rock sort of sound of the deftones it sounds very kind of i mean when it's outside the chorus the chorus sounds very regular like rock deftonesy but mm-hmm. in all the verses he sounds very it sounds very rappy <laughs> Oh, yeah, right down to the open space that they leave between guitar riffs where oh, there's yeah. no instruments playing, so you can really hear him saying the words, you know? Exactly. And it's it feels more like a, like you said, like a new metal rap beat than it actually feels like a like a uh, verse. Yeah, exactly. I think that's great for this album, though. I think they we needed that sort of refresher, refresher that this is what the Deftones can sound like. Um, because yeah. I think that's... And I mean, that's kind of what they were doing a lot, like 10 years prior to this album, you know, 15 years prior to this well, album. And that's what I was going to say is I, I can't help but feel like this is a song written for a previous album. Yeah. Um, like it's something that's been on the cutting room floor for a long time. Oh, yeah. this... And he was able to piece it together specifically for this. Exactly. This could have absolutely been on Around the Fur. I feel like it would have fit right in. Oh, this would have been so good on Around the First. But it does fit here. It's just not... It's it's an anomaly on this whole album. It's the only song that sounds like this on the whole album. And this is kind of... Uh, he's not a perfect human being. And I feel like uh, that becomes very apparent in You've Seen the Butcher. Yeah. Where it, it cements my idea that I'm like, okay, this guy has some very serious kinks. And one of those kinks is being uh, either watched or taped or watching it's voyeurism yeah oh yeah at the end of the day whether it's being um someone being watched or someone watching someone so uh sorry tell us a little bit about uh you've seen the butcher track four so i mean at this point it it almost it almost feels hackneyed at at this point in the album the first line don't want to take it slow i'm gonna take you home and watch the world explode i mean how the hell else am i supposed to take that it is yeah this is 100 percent sexual but that's fine that's fine this is the first so i know chino is very his his choices for song titles are very interesting usually um Mm -hmm. and this is the first one on this album where i'm i'm really perplexed not perplexed but i'm i'm intrigued by this song title um which i think he does very well he kind of sets the mood for for a song with the song oh, title. I think this is the perfect song title for this song. It really is. So the the title again, if you missed it, it's You've Seen the Butcher. Um, even though the song does not talk about butchering or anything like that, but it, it really does make sense. Yeah, and he's got, well, it, it fits because he's got some very kind of, not, not grotesque. Grotesque is too strong of a word, but he, he talks about, um, you know, he, I want to watch the way you creep across my skull. You slowly mm. enter because you know my room. Then you crawl your knees off before you shake my tomb. I mean, that's... Yeah. It's a very kind of... Uh, a 
posthumous is that is that uh is that a proper word here um yeah absolutely kind of take on things here and it's a, it's kind of a dark it's a dark song thematically but mm-hmm. it doesn't sound dark you know especially yeah. the, the chorus sounds sounds fairly upbeat for what this i think this song is getting at Oh, very much so. And the, and the verses, yeah, the chorus is very much like major chords, um, happy. Like I, I could have seen a couple more instruments being laced in here. Like a, a piano wouldn't have been out of the question. No, yeah. N- uh, nor would have a trumpet or a saxophone. <laughs> ooh, yeah. I mean, Scott Deftones. If done Deftones. Yeah, Scott Deftones. Uh, Scott Deftones. Oh, boy. Oh, Scott Deftones. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Chino, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just an idea I have. <laughs> sorry about that. Scott Tones, we can't help it. <laughs> but we're totally claiming it. Uh, so instrumentally, and you've seen The Butcher, uh, so we already talked about how the chorus is a little bit lighter. Um, the guitar switches off distortion and goes more like chorus pedal. I mean, it's still distortion. Yeah. It's always oh, it's distortion. Heavy. But <laughs> it's heavy distortion. there's a lot more chorus pedal. There's a lot more open chords. Um but in the verses themselves, we get to see mostly just the interplay of a single guitar playing power chords and the drums, yeah. where it's like the drums, uh, the drummer is playing essentially a snare beat, but on his cymbals, uh, and it matches perfectly with the lyrics. Where I think if you were to take just a snippet of the drums, I mean, I'll see if I can capture it. I kind of doubt it. But if you were to listen to the tone of the cymbals themselves that he's playing and where he's playing it on the cymbals, it matches up really well with the cadence of the lyrics and and the notes that he shifts through in the lyrics. It's an incredible, incredible yeah. percussion. Yeah, it's, it's an incredibly interesting song to listen to musically. And it's very, it's an atmospheric song because it's, it's so up and down. The verses sound very kind of creepy. They sound sort of spectral. I don't know. They sound like they sound like they're out of a horror movie. Um, oh, yeah. And they emphasize that with the reverb on the end of the words exactly, as they go yeah. into the pre-chorus. But yeah. then you get to the chorus and everything's fine. Everything's sunshine yeah, and it's smiles. Just, you get to the chorus and you're like, oh, I guess it's okay then. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's so you're right about it's interesting that you say posthumous though because like in track one when it just all of a sudden talks about the coffin shaking and you're like wait hold up yeah. uh, when they get to the kind of lyrics more centered around that and you've seen the butcher it makes more sense for some reason it feels like a much more natural transition mm-hmm. into talking about you you scrape your knees off you know it, it just makes a lot more sense in this it context just, oh yeah it just it just feels right for this um it it feels like it was really the sound was really crafted for this song um with the like you said the reverb on his lyrics and 
kind of the the mystical it's not mystical i don't know i don't know what the right word for this is but the sound of the guitars on the verses here are just kind of leads you elsewhere takes you to another place and another time yeah and i and i don't think it's a flanger pedal uh sorry what were you saying sorry i finished no i that that was basically it it's just that it's just that the this the instrumental sound of this song is so varied but it's very finely tuned for how to make you feel throughout this song. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it it does a good job, of course, of continuing the theme. And like I said, where we convert more into the theme of, okay, so it's a sexual album, but what type of sexual? What's, what is your thing? Yeah. And where the lyrics say, I want to watch you close, I need to see you for sure, and the tape is on, who do you think we could show? Where it's like, oh, oh, oh that's okay, it's so that kind boyerism. of sexual. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, okay, so so you want to record each other and then show people sure, and, yeah. and enjoy that. Sure, yeah. And maybe that's a metaphor. Maybe. Maybe it's not. Who knows? But mm. it, if uh, either way, it's an exploration into a very interesting part of the human psyche as far as as far as uh, sexualized interests go. Yeah, and uh, speaking of sexual, let's let's head right on to Beauty School, I guess. Okay. Song, uh, track number five, Beauty School. This is <laughs> what do you have for this? My first note on this song is this is my favorite Deftone song. Oh this yeah, is absolutely <laughs> my favorite Deftone song out of their entire discography. I don't mean to laugh. I just I'm just laughing at how different you're and I your notes and. I write. <laughs> I can only imagine what you have written down for this. Yeah, but I'm not going to downplay it. I'll this let you is... talk about it, because saying that something is your favorite Deftone song, that's significant, because you were telling me you have their entire discography, not to humble brain, yeah. but you have everything, right? I do. I do have everything, B-sides and rarities, everything that's they've released. I, I'm not, I'm a, I'm a bigger fan of other bands, but Deftones have always had a place in my life, and... And this song in particular, I don't know, it, it, it really, I, I must have been listening to it at the right time in my life. I must have had some sort of extra connection to beauty school because I've always, I've always treated this song with the utmost respect. Um, right away from the mm. beginning, from the opening little guitar chords that you get, you can tell it's going to be the first so there's for the for those of you that aren't familiar with the Deftones, there's two distinct song or two distinct sounds from the Deftones. Hmm. There's mm-hmm. there's your traditional Deftones that's like rock, um, very alternative, very kind of kind of rappy almost, um, the new metal yeah. sound. And then there's a second sound. There's a slower, more composed kind of droney sound um and that's those are the songs that chino writes those are the songs that he gets behind whereas the loud ones are more the guitarist stephen carpenter oh is this the tension you were talking this is about we part, didn't really this get is into a this. lot of the tension is because chino likes i think he likes these slower kind of more melodic songs because it re- i mean hmm. to whether or not he notices this, but it really, I mean, it's more about his voice in these songs than it is the guitar. But in the other songs, it's just as much the guitar and the drums as it, as it is his voice. Hmm. But Beauty School, 
I don't know. I, I, I don't know why I have such a connection to it. I first listened to this album. I got it shortly after it came out. Um, probably, a, well, I don't know. I really started to get into it about a year after it came out. I was at this point in my life where I was kind of, I was very confused. Um, but I knew that I was falling in love at this point and for like the first, well, not the first time, but very seriously, um, for the first time and, and was very conflicted about how that felt. And this song really kind of, kind of strips it down to the bare essentials for me as far as being fascinated with another person. I think that's why I loved it so much because I really I just connected to it. In fact, <laughs> in fact, I I went so far as the first well one, not the first time but one of the first times I started to spend more time with uh, one of these people <laughs> that that I was mm, feeling super okay. connected to. I made I I went out of my way to make sure that this song was playing during one of our uh, makeout sessions because. This encapsulates everything that you want about about physical infatuation with somebody. That is, that's, that's what I'm trying to get to is that beauty school is all about just that raw feeling. Um, and I think I connected with that right away. And I like that it's one of the slower Deftones songs because it makes it so much more human. Um, it makes it so much easier to connect to in that, in that circumstance. Um, and that's, that's why I think I like this song so much is because it, it, came up at the right time in my life it came up on a very personal level um i could see how this song could be interpreted as kind of second rate deftones because it's very yeah. it's very metaphoric it's very it's it's easy to interpret but kind of when you when you take it to heart it really i mean it really does what it's supposed to do well so this leads us to my first note on this which completely reinforces everything you're saying this is funny. Um, I have um, the only Deftones song I would make love to. <laughs> yes, I'm so glad I'm not the only one. This is a fucking fantastic song for that. Because <laughs> like, I've been listening to this on the subway, and every time I get to this song, I'm just like sitting there on the subway, and I'm just like, should I feel weird that I'm listening to this around people? Like, this feels like something I should listen Gorg, to. I just, I just have this I... image of you sitting with your hood up, like eyeing up the subway. <laughs> Like, does anyone know? Uh, but I think it's because I, I think the way that that it made most sense to me and how it kind of um, 
like you said that you made sure to have this song on as a way to show a little bit of yourself and a little bit of how you feel to this person at a time where you couldn't really tell them um is is this song is the only song that actually feels like he wrote it with the intent of singing it to someone or Mm -hmm. he wrote it for someone and while you could say the same thing about command control and whatever relationship that was, or um, you could, you've seen the butcher, you could say he wrote that for a person, but like, no, you could take the lyrics to this and read this to someone um, and, and they might actually enjoy yeah, it. Absolutely. And I think that's kind of where it crosses over. It's like, I think this really does cross over into poetry, like straight up poetry. Absolutely. And, and maybe I'd be a little bit insulted if I was this guy's girlfriend and he said to me, I watch you taste it. I see your face and I know I'm alive. And I'd be like, wait, wait a you second. watch me taste it. Okay, <laughs> hold up. But then he says, you're shooting stars from the barrels of your eyes and it drives me crazy. Yeah, it drives me wild. And it's like, okay, that that's as As corny feelings. as that is, that's just, that is a fantastic lyric, I think. I mean... Oh yeah, it really. You're shooting stars from the barrels of your eyes. Oh yeah. I think that it just encapsulates what this song is trying to get at: is that feeling of being completely awestruck by somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, at the at the end of the song, well, not not the not the far end, but near but near the, the end, end of the yeah. song, yeah, he starts to just repeat, "It's a beautiful ride." and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that which is again like the climax of the song you would say oh god yeah how many (laughs) how many sexual innuendos can we fit into one album we're only five Mm. songs in and we've already this one is just dance all i mean all of the mormons that that have subscribed to this podcast are now are now unsubscribed i know that we had a huge mormon (sighs) following but they are now gone after we we talked about this um so i apologize (laughs) to the mormon faith but (laughs) I'm so sorry. <laughs> and uh, also, Mom, I'm sorry. I know I literally just oh, told you about this yeah, podcast. Yeah, I know. Like, I don't want to... A week ago. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I don't want to send this episode to my parents. They're going to uh, they're gonna mute it for most of this. Whatever. We're, we're yeah, adults, right? We're allowed yeah. to have feelings, goddammit. We're allowed to have feelings. <laughs> um, oh, but one thing. So uh, I guess the first time I listened to Beauty School, I kind of took the metaphor as like a cheap high school metaphor where i'm like okay she's taking off her makeup and that's when you really see the true person and whatever it's like i thought it was something about makeup and beauty school and like i kind of bought into the name a little too hard uh but that was a huge mistake because it is very much a love song it's not saying anything about like you take off your face but like it's not about you being disguised it's about you being vulnerable exactly that's i mean we couldn't get much more serious than taking off your face I mean that yeah that, that yeah. lyric I think really solidifies what he's trying to get at here is that when you're with somebody like this that you feel this way about you completely strip each other down to mm-hmm. to nothing basically to you're just your your bare essentials your whatever makes you who you are and the fact that that still jives and you still feel like you should I think mm-hmm. that's what that's what makes the song called Beauty School is that it's just it's figuring this out and and kind of making this kind of feeling work and and experiencing it is a beautiful ride it's uh it's amazing it's unlike anything else you'll ever do um 
And there's no there's there's nobody like Chino to tell you that. I mean, something about his voice and the way he sings in this song is just like it just it communicates it so well. It really makes you think mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. what he's saying on this song, and I think his voice captures just the right amount of angst that people have about this kind of stuff. Um, yeah, where it's like, why do you make me just want to like just just bear my soul like why do you want to make me open myself up like this i don't do this for anyone i spend most of my life trying to like keep those things in you know to lot not let myself be affected by people exactly but you just want to make me give that up you know yeah i yeah i think this is a fantastic song for um for just showing what chino can do with lyrics and and when he and uh he and steven are agreeing on what kind of guitar to play what yeah, what can yeah, happen it is a nice and though i must say in the second verse he does go right back to um i kind of like you when when you make up the reel take the phone in your room start the tape always soon well you could try it if you think it will load once again he's talking about recording herself yeah. doing something decent. and the, so the booklet that just so keeps coming the up booklet actually says um you take the phone in your room stop the tape or resume Oh, thank you so much for having the book, well, Riley. You could I felt I you felt like such a load. dope not having it. <sighs> I felt so silly not having the book. I'm like, I know this isn't what he's saying. Yeah. I know it's not. And I know that I've read this before. <laughs> so, it's okay. Thank that's you. What, that's what you get for looking at the internet. People, listeners, if you go to the internet for mm-hmm. facts, don't do it. Nothing don't is true it. on the internet regarding anything. Yeah, in fact... I'm double checking, and it turns out the lead singer's name is actually um, Axel oh boy, Rose. Chive Mitsubishi. Yeah. Oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah, Axel Rose. Turns out he's going to replace them when they tour. Yeah. <sighs> Did you hear about that? By yeah, the way, he, Quick he aside. is now the lead man of ACDC. It it mm-hmm. breaks. I feel like we just dated our episode. Breaks my now people heart. Know exactly when we're recording. It breaks my heart to yeah, hear that Axel Rose sad. is taking over ACDC. I neither neither band should be touring. I know I'm going to make some enemies saying that too, but neither band should be touring anymore. Mm-hmm. They had their time. You've got to know that's like it's the same with TV, with TV shows. Like any everybody's got their favorite TV shows. It's good when mm-hmm. they end. They shouldn't go on forever. You have to know when to stop. Oh, speaking of knowing when to stop, um, we have been talking about beauty school for entirely too long. Let's move on to the next track. So, Prince. It's Prince. Uh, Prince. I feel like you... Um, I'm not sure if you're going to have a lot to say about I'm, this or not much at all. I only have one note on this song. Mm, um, okay. And I really don't know what else to say about it. Besides my my note, it reads, uh, first lackluster song on the album. Ooh. Shots fired. <laughs> it's just... It's the first song that just doesn't really speak to me. Um I mean, it's definitely got a good Deftone sound to it, but it's not my favorite. Which is kind of a shame because, um, as you can kind of hear underneath right now, uh, the main instrument that leads the track is uh, the bass guitar. Mm-hmm. So this is the new bass guitarist that is not Chi, and he is the one who really leads the verses in this song. Yeah, I, it's just something about this song. I just, I'm not super excited about it. It just, 
sounds very I don't know it's there no part of it really jumps out at me that is like oh wow I can really connect to this and then the fact that it's almost five minutes long it's like okay or four minutes sorry it's like okay so this is like a traditional you know three and a half minute three three minutes 45 seconds long song they're just kind of like filling space here I feel like because so let me maybe pose an alternate theory as to what this song okay i would love one i would love an alternate theory that makes me appreciate this song (laughs) so i think um so as the verse goes it says i relate to your kind again i'm reading off a friggin' lyrics website so please please correct me um i relate to your kind your design your devotion to wave get your brain on the prize then dive inset or inside mindset of a killer with your mind out of phase it's a game that we like we crave it nobody wins um anyway you decide you try but you die i hmm what if he is singing about some type of like it like predatorial animal like an owl like the owl on the album where it talks about um owls Okay, so when you think about like a predatorial animal, right? You think they are cool, efficient, level-headed. They they have their brain on one thing, mm-hmm. which is eat, consume, kill. Uh, I think he is comparing someone in his life to that type of creature, where he's like, not only not only do I not get you as a human, but I'm going to put you in this category as a predator. You are now an animal. You are now an owl at night swooping in to kill things. So when I try to get, and, and maybe this is obvious because he says mindset of a killer getting mm-hmm. inside of it. So, I mean, clearly this is what he's talking about, but um, it's, it's interesting because he is sympathizing and he admires the sheer efficiency of this person's brutality. And he talks about how it's almost beautiful, how you're covered in blood, red with tears. It, you know, he's talking about like the beauty of it, but at the same time, like it's terrible yeah. and it's, whatever this person's doing is bad and it's vicious and it's cruel. But at the same time, he's like, yeah, it's vicious. It's cruel. It's, it's terrible, it's, but you're really it's good done at with it. such precision that he can respect it. Yeah. And I guess that's not an alternate theory. That actually just kind of seems like that's what the song's yeah. about. <laughs> yeah. It, and, and lyrically. Yeah. Lyrically, this is a very interesting song. Um, because I think, I think you're yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, I, I mean, just I think wish that's what he's getting at. It's just musically, it doesn't strike me at all. Yeah, no. And even lyrically, it's like, yes, um, I I don't want to make it sound like I just had some epiphany where I talked about what it's about, because no, that's just what the lyrics say. Uh, But it also goes back to click, erase the device, give thanks, then clear out the room, where again, he's talking about the sex tape thing. Mm -hmm. Like, we're back on this, where you're using the device, whatever, uh, and you're putting on a show, it's a song about performing. (sighs) What what about the chorus though? Does the chorus save it for you? Kind of. Um the the bridge the bridge is what saves it for me. Well not not oh, saves where it. Oh, where he really starts where screaming. He starts on screaming. It. I I'm a sucker for Chino screams, though, so... (laughs) 
end, the guitarist actually gets to do like the ch ch chug, like he actually gets to chug mm -hmm. on it a bit, and um, the guitarist pretty much gets to get in on the fun that the bassist has been having this whole time. He's like, okay, you've been able to do this, now it's my yeah. turn. And he really steps it up, and he's like, okay, my turn, and he does a much better job, mm -hmm. I must say. The guitarist does, Carpenter. Yeah, oh yeah. Because, I mean, it's such a pronounced sound that he has on this. Mm -hmm. And I mean, just picturing picturing Chino in that studio, like screaming along to this, it's just oh, just yeah. makes your heart happy. Just seeing a guy put, oh, yeah. pour that much of himself into this song, be it not my favorite song, but it's still. I mean, he still has some impressive vocal range showing here. Yeah. And we get to hear almost, um, I'm not going to say squealing because that has connotations with the screamo mm -hmm. realm where he's not, he's not doing squeals or anything like that, but it is a different type of scream mm -hmm. and it is very intense and it is very, it's, it, it's very cloying. It makes yeah. you stop and be like, oh, what, well, what is that? <laughs> compared to the scream at the end of Royal, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a very different mm -hmm. sound. And even different still than the next track, Rocket Skates, where he, he screams a lot, but it's still just a different now, feel to it. Rocket Skates Rocket Skates is a nice return to what I love about this album. I feel like every time you texted me about this album in the weeks leading up to this recording, I feel like I'd just be like, Oh yeah, and Rocket Skates. Yeah, it, and like it, I would just lead with were. Rocket Skates. It's this is one of the it's best so good, best albums on the or best best albums on this song. Yes, in fact. Best albums on the yeah. song. Bar yeah, none. Bar yeah. none. Yeah. Rocket Skates could be its own <laughs> album. Um, yeah, it is... and it's curious you say that because it could also definitely be two different singers on the same track. Oh, yeah. Like, without a doubt. If you were, if you were to tell me there are two singers on this track, I'd believe you in heartbeat. Oh, yeah. Because we get the calm, mellow chorus, and then we get on to the... Or we get the calm, mellow verse, where it's just like... It's very... Not, not the, soothing. The vocals, the vocals are soothing. The instrumentation is very edgy. That guitar is just chugging right along on the same chord over it's... and over and over again. But it's it's great. It just sound, it sounds so good. But then you get to the chorus. I want to know what you think about the chorus. I mean, obviously it's completely visceral, but what what do you think? What do you think? I love the way it sounds. I really love the way it sounds. Where it's just like so, just like the, he, there is, uh, I don't know, again, how could he do this live and capture the sound? And second of all, how many takes does his vocal do his vocal cords have in him before he, they would just kind of give out? Right. I feel like you can only really get those types of screams just like, a couple times a day before you would have to just go back to drinking lemon tea with honey. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, yeah, exactly. It, it does not sound like a healthy thing to do to your voice, but I really love it. So from a musical standpoint, I, I thoroughly enjoy the screams. I feel like it, it makes me feel a little bit cooler listening to it. Mm -hmm. And I know that's cheesy, but it's true though, where I'm like, wow, yeah, I did yeah. this. It's like, clearly, clearly I get clearly it. Clearly I'm a know? badass. <laughs> no, I, which is so not true, it, but it just takes me. No, there. but it absolutely uh, does. I mean, there's nothing more powerful than listening to like a person screaming guns, razors, knives. 
It's just like <laughs> right. <laughs> what what three things could he scream about that are more like that are more? I've used this word a lot, but visceral. It is. It's yeah. It's exactly what it is. It's really showing, it's, and I think it's a nice contrast to the first half of this album. That is more like mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. M- more about the feeling involved with um, with sexualization of relationships and that kind of thing. And this kind of gets to the very very visceral, physical kind of edgy sort of feeling of that whole that whole process. So do you think that track number six, Prince, was just like giving our minds just a little bit of a, like a recess, like a little bit of a break so we could just kind of zone out mm-hmm. and then they wanted to hit us really hard with rocket skates? Yeah. Do you think that was planned? I I mean, it sounds, it when you mention it, it sounds like, I mean, it, that would make sense because after rocket skates, the, the album kind of tapers off towards the end to like, it doesn't quite... It doesn't quite have the edge that Rocket Skates does. And what's great, too, is the first time that I listened to it, I'm like, guns, razors, knives, and he's screaming this. Uh, and then he does the uh, kind of new metal, like, yeah. but he's saying, fucks with me. Yeah. Like, he just, like, says, I know, like, it's great, right? Word. Yeah, yeah. And, and the first time I listened to that, I'm like, okay, yeah, this is this is badass. And then he just says, guns, razors, knives again, but he just, like, holds it out, and then the guitar comes in, and it's just and like, he even oh, gives, like, wow. And he even gives, like, a wow! Right at the end, you know. Yeah. It's, oh, that woo. Great. That woo. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna. I, I want to just link that to a button on my computer where I can just right? hit that every time. He's, he's yeah, like so, every time I get like a kill in a video game, I can just get that. <laughs> <laughs> he's so excited about what he's singing about. It's just like you feel like that was not. He did that when they showed up to the studio that day. That was not written into the song ahead of time. Oh, not scripted at all. That woo was purely. When he, that that is a he just nailed the fifth take and he knew that he got it so he just did that sound yeah. like I would I would believe it in a heartbeat if you told me that was just supposed to be off mic. Yeah. Uh, but man, the chugging of the guitar where it, the guitar is clearly in at least drop D. Oh, and yeah, I don't know if absolutely. they I don't know if they do the whole like drop C configuration this dark doom metal crap, but like um, this is very much a dropped tone guitar with some very heavy stuff on it. And then mm-hmm. it's in sync with the bass where everything is just chugging, chugging, chugging. And the drums are just like riding, riding, yeah, riding, riding. It's riding, like riding, the riding. most badass locomotive you've ever tried to stand in front of. And it just annihilates you when you try to do Which it. is why I think the name Rocket Skates is just so appropriate. It's great. Again, it with great. song namings, everything it's like, of course it's named Rocket Skates. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's perfect. And not and i think they continue that trend over into the next track um sex tape mm-hmm. which <laughs> which is another one of those deftone songs it's it's on a slower scale it's on it's on chino's level you'll notice right from the beginning i mean the the opening guitar chords that that are played And I could be wrong, but is that the bass guitar that's leading at the beginning? It absolutely I feel could like it be. is the bass guitar. Yeah, I mean, I think it is. It's just playing on the upper strings. It's just playing on like the the D and the G yeah. strings. But it it definitely feels like the bass guitar, just with a little bit of distortion, um, which is nice. It's nice that Chino trusts the bassist enough to let him handle the melody of a slow like of a Chino song. Mm-hmm. Though I do my first note for this track is this could kind of be an Incubus song, really. <laughs> <laughs> like. 
<laughs> this... being honest. Oh god, yeah, this would be track number three yeah. on Make Yourself. If if uh-huh, they had uh-huh. if they had written this. Oh yeah, new Incubus for yeah. sure. New but not Incubus. like new new um, Incubus. Not like the the one with like the stupid fish on it with the. Yeah, no. I mean, it's still the. It's still the incubus that like drops, you know, that takes shrooms every now mm-hmm. and then. Like it's still kind of that old school incubus back before they all had families and stuff. So it's not it's not brand new incubus, but it's not fungus among us. Yeah, yeah, and I think that I, th- <laughs> I, think that's I think that's fitting for this song. I I don't want yeah. to admit it, but I think it is. Um, I mean, I like incubus. Yeah, so do I. Absolutely. But... Um, I like this song. I. I do. This is one of those songs that I choose to listen to on its own every now and then. Oh, really? But it's not my favorite, uh, just hmm. because it it's a little simple compared to compared to the first half of this album. It is a bit simple, and it is definitely after Rocket Skates. It's a nap. <laughs> oh like, yeah. It is so boring compared to Rocket Skates, but but most things are. Yeah, exactly. You know, and that's... The, the, like I was saying that. <laughs> After Rocket Skates, the album kind of starts to taper out. Mm-hmm, after that, mm-hmm. it, there's really What's... not a blockbuster song after Rocket Skates. No. One thing that's interesting to me is the name of the song is Sex Tape, yet it's one of the few songs that doesn't actually mention filming yeah, lovemaking. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. And I wonder if that was intentional or if we're over-interpreting that. I don't know what to make of that. But, yeah, it seems... Yeah. It seems it's it's still a very sexual song but it seems almost the least sexual And I mean, it's definitely about the undulation of lovemaking and waves and I, hours no, of pleasure. Clark, so. it, it is about the ocean, and uh, I refuse to believe anything Tempt, else. Tempt with hours of yes, pleasure. Yes, hours of pleasure playing with time. starfish and jellyfish. Can you imagine how much fun that would be? Oh, man. Uh, you're going to make a lot of anemones <laughs> with, that, with that mindset. Oh, no. God, why are you so uh, good at bad puns? Next song. Yeah, next song. Oh my god, let's get over the point. Risk. Number nine. Risk. Risk is Risk is the first song that I still like, but I don't at the same time. Oh really? I, Sex Tape is the last song that I really actually enjoy on this album. Risk I, I do like Risk. Really? I do like Risk. Um Okay. I like Yeah, Risk is good. The chugging is good. The the vocal fluctuations again mm-hmm. on the pre chorus. Uh, where he's like, I will save your life. Um, but they really draw it out and add some interesting effects to the vocals. It's fairly obvious that I don't know he he's really trying to he's doing a lot with the vocals on this track. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's kind of exploring his whole range of of 
and it is yeah and it's the cleanest vocals too so he's exploring his range it's clean vocals uh this is not an angry song no this is about a little bit of salvation but it does have the chug chug the bass and the the bass guitar and the rhythm guitar are pretty much in sync which adds to the chug chug sound uh the cymbals are great the drummer really covers the whole uh drum kit like he's really going around on this between the verses and the chorus and the pre-chorus it seems like he does a good job of getting rhythmically um it's a very melodic rhythm section in this track but but i think part of why i focus so much on the instrumentation is i don't have a single lyric written down yeah it's so it's kind of (laughs) so next no (laughs) Uh, (laughs) so number 10 i mean it is no it uh, is kind of a lyrically uninteresting song um it, that's the thing. That's the thing about albums like this that kind of tackle one issue. They start to sort of repeat themselves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think Risk is one of those songs that, at this point, you're kind of. At this point, you've kind of got the idea of what they're trying to get at, um, mm-hmm. and at this point, it would be nice to see something else on the album as far as topics go. But that's not to. You know what would have been perfect though. If they had taken Risk and put it instead of Prince, take Prince out, put Risk mm-hmm. in, that would have been great. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. I think that mm-hmm. would have made a lot more sense. Which is why this isn't my favorite Deftones album. I mean, I'd say there's there's seven songs on here that I really like, and then there's mm-hmm. the rest of them I could kind of take or leave. Whereas there's yeah. some Deftones albums that I like in its entirety. Um, and. What so? What would you classify in that? Would you put around the fur in that level? I would or? put White Pony um, on there. Mm-hmm. I would put. Um, I would almost put their self-titled album on there, which I know that they don't love their self-titled album. Yeah, they were not in a healthy place when they no, made that, they weren't. We talked but about earlier. I, I really like, pretty much every song on that album, um, and it's got the same number of tracks on it. I don't know. Hmm. I, I would put that above Diamond Eyes as far as, uh, as far as a, an album on the whole, but on Diamond Eyes there are, okay. there are tracks. An album that, for albums. Exactly, sake, yeah. yeah. On Diamond Eyes there are songs that I like better than than a lot of songs I like on their self-titled album. But yeah. this is and when this album hits it, it hits it. Exactly, sure. and but this is when Risk comes on, and then certainly when the next song when it leads into the next song, you can tell it's kind of like okay. They're kind of just chugging yeah. through to the end here. Um, Even the name is forgettable, where they're like 976-Evil. Yeah. This is on track 10, where it's just, it's forgettable. It's a ballad. Um, the guitar is lightly distorted, but it's very much a basic 4-4 beat. There's nothing surprising with the drums. There's nothing surprising with the bass. No, it's just a simple cut and dry song, and even Chino's vocals—they—he doesn't yell, he doesn't do anything impressive. Um, I mean, singing is impressive. You have but... to wonder why this song made the cut. In my mind, like, what, I wonder. What do you think I mean, I wonder if because they were still in a a position at this time where they were kind of like trying to get the band back together, trying to trying to produce an album. Um, I wonder if they got to risk and they were like, well, we need more 
material to produce a full LP. So, yeah, you can't put out a nine-track album. Yeah, so they just kind of like recorded a few more. Um, and I mean that that's where like I have the I have the deluxe version of the album, um, which has three mm-hmm. extra tracks on the end of it, which we're not going to get into really because they're yeah. they're equally take or leave, just like these last couple tracks on this on this album. But mm-hmm. um, you have to wonder if they kind of like ran out of steam um, after the first seven or eight tracks on on Diamond Eyes, and they were like, yeah. well, we need to record a few more, so let's come up with something um because that's what especially because the lyrical themes are so similar where it says i gaze into your eyes and i wonder can you take me up your hands that i'm under come wake me up soon where it's like okay so we went from them like taking you into space or taking you far away to now it's like you're coming out of a coma which is very similar you know or coming out not not a coma but out of an apathetic state yeah they just kind of let it fade out like (laughs) like like Back in that phase in like the sixties and seventies where they just didn't know how to end. So songs. they just like faded it of... out. Yeah. So they, they just, just slowly turned the volume in. They just kept going with the chorus or whatever it was, and they just uh, slowly yeah, turned like, the volume knob down. I feel like there's the song like shout, like put your hands up and shout, and then there's a the song like in the summertime when the weather is hot, and they both just just kind of fade. <laughs> I feel like they could have done that with risk. They could have just slowly turned the volume down at the end of risk and everyone would have been happy. Riley, what what should people do if they disagree? They should, well, they should comment and they should send us emails. And I mean, I would say call my personal cell phone, but I I don't think that's a good <laughs> idea. I think I don't think we've told people this whole time where they can actually yell at oh, us yeah. our opinions. Well, this is Let's there's do that no there is the no better track. time than the present to let you know that <laughs> if you are still tuned in, I don't know why you are, but you're still tuned in an hour. <laughs> an hour into this episode and we're talking about completely mm-hmm. mediocre songs and you're still listening <laughs> and you still want to tell us what you think. Um, you just need to head over mm-hmm. to secretweaponsproductions.com and uh, slash echo on there. We'll get you to our podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where we're going to be interacting with people. Um, and if you, if you yeah, think nine, seven, six is the greatest song ever written, Tell me about it, please. Mm-hmm. I, I would like to hear please. somebody who thinks that, that is, that's a great song because I think it's fine, but I'm not impressed. Um, so if you have more to say about it, please let us know. That's I, I would say that's yeah. one of our main purposes behind doing this whole project is getting other people involved in their mm-hmm. love of music um, that Clark and I share. I mean, it's it, this is an amazing it's an amazing thing regardless of if you like it or not i mean music is is a totally phenomenal force in the world and we're trying to create some conversation about it yeah and it's an amazing time to be alive too if you're a music fan holy yeah everything is at your fingertips i mean everything everything you you, go buy exactly you bitch about (laughs) you bitch about ads and stuff but i mean you Um, really can listen to any song you want at any given time during mm -hmm. the day and you don't have to pay a single thing for it. So please just support the artists that you like. Um, let us know what you think. Turn us on to artists that we don't know about and that we should be talking about. I mean, yeah. yeah. That's who does this song, but better. That, exactly. Is there a good cover of this song? Send it to us. Like it, if you have like your own creative rendition of the song, if you, if you are a coma victim and you came out of a coma and this is the first song you heard and you identified with it and wrote a poem about it, I, I'm getting pretty niche. Here, yeah, yeah. But, uh, send us an email if that's I you. I feel like there's <laughs> maybe five people in the world that that fit into that category. If you're listening, thank it's you, a small thank world, you for man. listening. But 
Thank you. Yep. <laughs> oh God, we have so, Clark. We haven't even talked about the last song. Um, ah, crap. Should we talk about the it, last song? No. <laughs> I almost don't think we should because it doesn't really deserve much. So what are our uh, what are our signs on Twitter? We are at we are Echo Pod, right? At Echo Pod on Twitter. We are mm-hmm. at Echo Podcast on Instagram, and we wasn't are... taken on Instagram. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> and we are into the Echo, of course, on Facebook. Um, please mm-hmm. come check us out. Uh, there's lots of discussion going on, and that's the, those are the platforms that we need to get people involved with with what we want to hear from people about music. Um, and yeah, so I am particularly... please like, comment, subscribe, rate us on iTunes. Exactly. That. Yeah, and that's that's what we're looking for. We want to see people to get involved with this. With this, that's what mm-hmm. I mean. That's the purpose of of us doing this is to get other people involved in music with us and and ex- and sharing our experiences together. Which brings me to our our final point here. I think um, our next mm-hmm. episode we're going to be doing. We are going to have our first special guest um, because we've decided, I think, that we're going to do Gorilla's uh, Demon Days album. It's happening, guys. It's happening. And if you've never listened to that, you owe it to yourself. It is a fun fun album i mean there's no go way. buy it now exactly right just, and then just don't yeah. sample it don't look up music just buy it gorillas demon days that's gorillas with a z yeah if, in case you live on a completely different planet it is fantastic we'll be having our friend seamus mccullough chip in on that episode oh, i mean that's gonna be so fun Riley. it's oh it's gonna be fun i'd i'd be surprised if we talked about any of the songs i mean the three of us might just go off on tangents for an hour but it's gonna be uh, entertaining for our listeners regardless um, I'm gonna have to flex my editing muscles like crazy, man. <laughs> that's okay. That's what that's what you're here for. <laughs> that's true. So yeah, tune so, up for our next episode of Into the Echo. And it's Gorillas Demon Days. If you don't know this one, please just just do yourself a favor. That, Download it exactly. It. Oh yeah, and it's it's totally worth your time. It is it is one of those that's worth a gamble. Um, and you know if and it's used like everywhere. If you pay more than like three to like if if you pay more than five dollars for this album. You're a sucker, and mm-hmm. this is everywhere. Any Hastings, any record store is going to have this used. Absolutely. So it's totally worth your time. Um, and, you know, in the meantime, keep following us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, and we could have a surprise uh, short episode coming up here. We've got we've got a few mm-hmm. topics ready to go for um, We just have some, some fun, exciting shorter... stuff on the way, guys. You'll just have to. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. great. So if, if you like what you hear, just keep tuning in, and we'll have some surprises for you. Awesome. Well, I guess I'll talk to you later then, Riley. Okay, sounds good, Clark. We'll see you later.